Hey everybody, this is Bedford from Naming It, and I am just going to tell you a little bit about what's about to happen. I'm going to share with you um, what we're going to call a real talk segment. It's a shorter, uh, just me talking to y'all about some stuff that's going on. And, uh, you know, sometimes I'll do it, sometimes uh, Lamisha will do it, and, uh, you know, hopefully... Uh, this can be kind of a little buffer between now and the next episode, and it can deal with, you know, issues as they come up. Um, we'll be taping another episode uh, that should be coming out in the next week or so. Um, but as the holidays come up, just to let you know, we are going to be um, on a less than regular schedule. Uh, but... We are going to be here and we are going to be putting stuff out and we hope that, uh, you know, you find this stuff useful. So with that said, uh, here we go. Alright y'all, um, welcome to a special edition of Naming It. Uh, this is a supplemental reading, you might say. Um, it's 1.03am on the 9th of November. And if you're up at this point, or you're up in the last couple hours, then... It should be pretty clear to you that America at this moment thinks that Donald Trump won the election. Oh, I wish that was a mistake or that there's going to be some kind of uh, over the next week. So, you know, I don't care. Like the Electoral College does something they ain't supposed to do or I, I don't know. It would be wonderful if I went to sleep tonight and woke up and Trump was not the president. But... As it is at this exact moment, as I'm taping right now, this is the reality we live in. And I thought that it would be a useful thing, possibly, maybe for some people if, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about it. Uh, so I've been online all night, uh, not on anything that most of y'all could see, unless you're like my friends. Because um, I, I knew that uh, I'd be kind of agitated once I start seeing what was going on. Uh, so I kind of kept it to my, uh, my private, <laughs> my private Facebook stuff. So I didn't really do the, the Twitter piece or the, the naming it pages or the Dr. BF Palmer. It was all about just straight up good old Befford. Um, and I gotta be honest, I've been going off a little bit on some of the folks who, uh, maybe voted for the, third party or 
uh, folks who decided to tell me anything about why it wasn't people's responsibility or whatever, you know. Um, and I was about to go to bed and I was thinking like, you know, what, what, what do we do? What do we do with this? What do we do next? Um, and I was thinking, you know, I can't just let it sit. You know, I, I, I can't just get frustrated and not do something that has some sort of purpose. Um, because this might be the reality for the next four to eight years and a reality where Donald Trump is in the white house and the Republicans are running the Senate and the house. And now they're picking possibly going to be picking up to three new Supreme court justices and pushing the court into some crazy conservative space, which means like, honestly, this fight goes on for however long those people sit. Um, it's not a time for us to sit down. It's not a time for us to lick wounds. It's not a time for us to to think about taking a break or recovering. It's time for us to grind our feet into the ground, to to hold the space that we hold and make anyone who wants to push us back, push this country back, push our rights, our civil rights back to some fantasy time when America was theirs or whatever, they need to know. They need to understand that just because we have one weirdly, um, seemingly, uh, (laughs) I want to call him crazy, but I mean, the guy won, so he must have knew what he was doing. Um, just because this dude's in the White House doesn't mean that our struggle ever, you know, even pauses. And in fact, it, you know, I'm just going to be real about it. This is not new. Trump is not new. The U.S. and the way that the citizens of this country treat people in on the margins is not new. Um, it's a fight that if you've been fighting it, you've been fighting it your whole life. My parents were fighting it their whole lives. Their parents were fighting it their whole lives and far and far back all the way until you get to the, I don't know, the the creation of race, right? So who are we to think that we're special and we're going to get some easy way out? So y'all know that I'm a psychologist and I, 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 I think that, um, you know, I look at things through a specific lens. Um, and as I say that, I'm, I also want to mention, you know, this is something that me and, and Dr. Hill have been talking about doing little, little small episodes on our own. Um, but, uh, didn't expect for this to be my first, uh, you know, Bedford rant is, is what we were calling them. And maybe we'll keep that name. Maybe we'll change it to something else. But, uh, you know, it's, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna call Amisha and try to wake her up so she can do an episode real quick. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I, like where, where, where I was going is I'm a psychologist. I try to live in reality, you know, whether it's a good reality or a bad reality, I try to understand what's happening and I try to move forward with it. Um, now I might try to change that reality. And I might try to change the way that I see it so that I can function better. But that reality must remain what it is because anything else 
is an illusion. So keeping that in mind, how do we deal with a reality where ultra-conservatism, white supremacy, white privilege, male privilege, xenophobia, bigotry, all have been made to be prime and made to be, I don't know, dominant in a way that it wasn't before. I mean, I don't want to sit here and try to pretend as though this wasn't the reality always, right? I mean, all that red that you see on these maps was always red. If any one of you who's listening right now is coming from a marginalized community and ever lived in the South or lived in the Midwest or lived in the Northwest or anywhere where you have to go long periods between big cities, you understand what it feels like to move through the heartland of this country. Um, If you're not a white man, it's dangerous. It's deeply Deeply dangerous. I went to Southern Illinois University in Carbondale, and what every person who I knew who was a person of color who had to drive from there to St. Louis, if we didn't take the freeway, because the quickest route from Carbondale, Illinois, was actually down. Uh, oh man, I don't even remember the name of the road, but it was a one. You know, it was a, a back road that would take you all the way straight into St. Louis. Uh, even take like a back bridge into there. And uh, if you didn't do that, you took another, you know, 45 minutes or so to get to the airport. So we would drive through these back backwater spaces. And the thing you needed to know was you needed to not have to get gas. So you made sure you were gassed up. You made sure that your car was working right. And you made sure that you watched that speed limit because you did not want to be stopped in one of these small towns. Because these small towns represent... What happened with this election? You know, um, I'm not trying to say that every small town is a bad space or whatever, but the reality is, is that you have to be careful if you're on the margins. You have to think about things that other people don't have to think about. And that's the essence of living in a space where privilege exists that you don't have access to. Um, I'm saying all this to point out again that things have not changed. Nothing changed from yesterday to today. Nothing changed from a week ago to today in terms of the people who made this happen. Whether you want to get angry about percentages of votes or whether you want to get angry about um, who supported who, you know, at this point, even though I'm really irritated about a lot of these things, it doesn't matter anymore. What matters is how are we going to push to make sure that marginalized communities continue to be taken care of and get better treatment over time. This is not about making this into some sort of struggle around attrition where they're going to push and we're going to lose ground and lose ground and lose ground, but we're going to make them pay for that or whatever. No, it's not that. We've always been fighting against greater odds We've always been fighting against immoral people. We've always been fighting against oppression. And oppression is oppression. There's a reason they call it a struggle. It's not called a a walk strong and get in front of everything. It's called a struggle because you're being bound. You're being held down. You're being pushed to not be you, to not be free, to not 
to not live a life that engages with, you know, those inalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Um, so I say, hell nah. I say that when Bush came into office, we fought, we marched, we wrote, we did what we needed to do. We refused to sit in despair and allow things to just happen. The people who listen to this podcast, I think, are people who take social justice seriously, who have their own personal missions to get things done. And what I'm saying tonight is that those missions have not changed. Your resolve needs to not change. You need to get up and get working. There are kids who need to be taken care of. There are elders who need to be taken care of. There are clients who need to be served. There are students who need to be taught. There are families who need to be supported. There's legislation that needs to be pushed through. There's services that need to be rendered. And there are struggles and fights and issues that need to be made center. If you are a Black Lives Matter activist, then you need to get louder. If you're a women's rights activist, then you need to get louder. If you're an activist for the rights of immigrants and migrant workers, you need to get louder. If you're an activist for the Muslim community, you need to get louder. Just because they showed who they are does not mean that that changes who we are. I have a mentor. His name is Dr. Joseph L. White. He is the first black psychologist that he ever saw. Uh, he's one of the first black psychologists that, that were ever given a Ph.D. in clinical psychology in the United States. And he's lived a, a long and storied life. Um, one of the things that he's told me and told many other mentees and students is that there are some keys to being successful as a person of color or a person who's marginalized in this country. Um, and I'm going to share those keys with you because I think that they, um, they mean something to me and they've helped me along. So I'm going to, I'm just going to pass this forward. Um, so bear with me and I'm going to translate them. Cause I got to, I got to go to a, uh, honoring for, for Dr. White. He, um, it's been 50 years uh, since he started EOP, Educational Equity, um, excuse me, Educational Opportunity Program at uh, Long Beach State. He uh, he's had many, many mentees and many, many, uh, many, many folks that he's helped since then, and some of them uh, spoke about the things that he said. So here. Um, are some things that I think you should know um, as you move forward in this new reality. You need to remember your connectedness to others. 
you aren't in this by yourself. We're not in this by ourselves. We all have support systems and structures that are already there that we've built through just being being good people, being good folks. You know, it might be one person, it might be 10 people, it might be your partner, it might be your family, it might be, you know, students that you work with, who knows, but you're connected to someone and you need to attend to that connection. You need to hold each other close and you need to make sure that each other's okay. Another piece is that you need to have respect for elders. And I know this doesn't really play well with a lot of folks because right now there's this whole push for change and whatnot, but you got to understand people, man, people have been doing this for a long time. Ain't nothing new under the sun. We need to be connecting with the folks who have fought this fight already, who struggled already. I mean, what do you know about working under a Nixon White House? Go ask the Black Panther about that. You know what I'm saying? What do you know about working under a Reagan White House? What do you know about working under a Bush White House? Some of you know that. You know, I know what that is. But if you were born in 1990, you might not quite understand. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying, I know where the resources is. Why don't you go ahead and get into it and and figure it out? Because we need to be on point. You need to know how to improvise. Something that Dr. White would always say, he continues to always say, is you got to be able to make something from nothing. And it's a it's a it's a funny thing to say. It doesn't you know, it doesn't make a lot of sense when you think of it from a physical space, but from a metaphysical space, from a place where you you a metacognitive space, maybe you need to understand that even if you don't see options right now, there are probably options. Even if you don't see resources right now, there's probably resources. You need to find a way to make stuff work. And people have been doing it for a long time. Just because this fool is in the White House does not mean you can't do that. If you have a program that's going to be in jeopardy of funding being lost, then you need to find funding. If you about to if you need if you need to get a space to hold a meeting, then you need to find a space or make a space. You know, if you got people who are falling through the cracks, you need to find ways to shore them cracks up. And that might be by getting other people to help. It might mean by hustling to get some money. I don't know what you need to do, but you will figure it out if you do not give up. Now, the last one I'm going to leave you with, which I think tends to be the most important one, and you can take it for what it is. Dr. White always leaves the conversation with, you need to keep the faith. That's always been the most impactful message that he said to me, and I, I never, you know, it, 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 it's, it means something different to different people. Um, some people say, you know, that he, he obviously means keep faith in God. Um, and I think that he does mean that. Um, and you might take something from that. But he also, I think, means keep faith in yourself. I think he means keep faith in the people around you. I think he means keep faith in the the knowledge that what you're doing, what your goals are, what your struggle is, is the right struggle to have and that you 
can be successful and you can push yourself and you can be able to make changes to either yourself or to others that will will move us forward. When we're dealing with something as crazy as having a, pro, a self-proclaimed, you know, bigot and misogynist who who just unabashedly connects themselves to white supremacy, um, take over the highest the highest office in the world. If you don't have faith, you ain't gonna make it. So there you go. That's your supplemental reading. So I'm gonna recap. You need to remember your connectedness to others. You need to respect your elders. You need to engage in improvisation. You need to keep the faith. And it looks like I forgot one thing. And, you know, this is something that my mentor also does. He'll throw one last little piece for the end. You need to have resilience. Today is a day of resilience. Today you are going to feel stretched. You're going to feel pulled. You're going to feel as though... You might break, but you won't. Like a a colleague said today to me, it's like a rubber band. You pull it, you pull it, you pull it, and then you snap right on back to what it was in the first place, and that's who we are. We snap back to the strong, driven, mindful people that we always were. And we get back to work and we just do it. And we keep doing it till we can't do it no more. And then we have the next generation do it. Yeah. So I think that's it for my uh, my little supplemental reading section of naming it. Um, y'all, it's going to be all right. Don't eat each other alive. Don't after your folks I mean maybe apologize to some of the folks you went after I might have to do that too though some people are just going to be off the friends list it's just how it is um 